0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby say Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. So I've got to just come out and say this just before we get started. Last week, Kevin ended his story on a cliffhanger, and he said, if you want to know what happens, you're going to have to come back next week. Well, sadly, I don't know the end of that story. So if you want to know what happens, you're going to have to come back next week. You're still going to get to know what happens. It's just a temporary postponing on, the, on Kevin's story. But uh, anyway, so I'll st- a story I just want to share with you guys. So back when I was um, living in Missouri, I... Um about a year or two ago, I got hired on to um, another guy's place. They ran a bunch of cattle and stuff, and they would use horses from time and time again. You know, every here and there, every once in a while. But they mainly relied on uh, on trucks and pickups, four wheelers, kind of a more more modern approach to, to cattle uh, handling. Um, and I knew that going into this whole deal. But I told the guy when I when I was talking with him about hiring on to, to help him out. I said, Well, I've, you know, I've got a horse. I've got all my own stuff. If if you ever need me to bring my horse and all my gear, just let me know and I'll be glad glad to do that. And he said, sure, that sounds great. So about two weeks into me working for this guy, I get a phone call from him and uh, he says, hey Blake, we're going to gather some bulls out of our bull pasture here by my house to scatter out to all the different, um, where all our different cows are to get those cows bred up. And he said, would you mind, you know, being there at this certain time to help us gather these bulls and get them scattered out? I was like, sure, of course. I'd only been working there two weeks, so I couldn't tell him no, I had to be there, uh, being as how I was pretty, pretty new there. So I said, sure. So time rolled up, I pull into the driveway of the place and they're saddling horses. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I wish I'd have known, I'd have brought mine, but it's fine, it's cool. So I walk up there and, and the, the owner walks up to me, he says, hey, you, you ride horse, you ride, right? And I was like, yeah, I do. He said, would you mind riding this gray mare of mine today? I'm like, of course I would. Of course I would. What, what, anything I need to know about her? And his words to me were, well, she's 19 years old and she just needs to be ridden. How many of you guys have been told that? They just need to be ridden, right? Is that usually a good sign? No, it's not. It's not. It's not a good sign. So I've already got, okay, I'm thinking, okay, okay, that's, that's fine. I got it under control. I can handle that. I, I can handle this. She's 19. She can't be that bad. So anyway, I walk over to where she's tied and I'm, I'm looking at what I'm working with and I look, the saddle doesn't have a back cinch, it doesn't have a, a breast collar or any kind of pulling collar or nothing like that, it's just got one cinch, I'm like, okay, that's fine, it's cool, I got this under control, we're fine. And I look up to the saddle and to my horror, there's not an ounce of leather on this sucker anywhere. It's all nylon. I know. <laughs> and nylon is great if you're going on a nice leisurely trail ride, but if you're going to gather bulls, it's not my preferred equipment, but it's okay. It's I'm a cowboy, right? I, shoot, I can gather these bulls bareback if I have to, which I knew wasn't true, but that's what I was telling myself to get myself through this situation. So, okay, all right. Well, I asked the boss, I'm like, well, who, who's going with me? How many guys are going with me? He's like, well, I've got this one other guy. We're just going to call him Timmy for the sake of this I don't remember their name so I'm gonna make up a name but anyway I look over and Timmy's riding the same type of horse with the same type of setup as me I'm thinking okay there's how many how many bulls there's five bulls there's two of us I'm riding old fire fart in a nylon saddle it's okay I got it under control we can do this we can do this So me and Timmy, we're going out. We get behind these bulls and start pushing them. And it's going pretty well. The bulls are staying together. Timmy's on one side. I'm on this other side. And we're pushing them up the hill, right? Just things are going great. I'm getting a little confident, you know. I've kind of figured out, I've kind of figured out this gray mare's three speeds. She's either here, there, or gone. Those are her three speeds. She's either walking, she's trotting and beating the snot out of you. Or you kick her into a lope and your eardrums burst because she broke the sound barrier. But I've got that all figured out and we're pushing these bulls and everything's going great. And then I swear the bull in the middle said, oh, whoa, 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 stop guys. There's two of them, there's five of us. You go go up that tree, I'll run to the pond. You turn back, go through the middle of them and the two of us will go on up just to give them a false sense of hope. So they, they, they say, okay, ready, break. And they poof, they're gone. We get two bulls up to the pins fine and the other bulls are gone. Things just start falling apart. I blow off this way to get the one out of the pond. Timmy blows that way to get the one out of the tree and whatnot and it, things are just going south fast. Things are just going fast south fast. So I'm going to get that bull and this nylon saddle I'm going and about every, I'm posting as I trot and about every third time I would rise and fall I notice I start going like this. So I do the old <clears throat> back up in the middle. You know what I'm talking about? And things are just out of control. And just, just to describe how the day went, by the time I get to the bull, my pant leg is about right there on both sides. And that's not a great look. That doesn't, that doesn't give the, the vibe that this guy knows what he's doing. But I had it under control, right? I had it, I had it all figured out. I, I was relying on me. We're cool. I got this. I got this. I got this under control. And guys, we do that in our own life, don't we? I got this under control. I can handle this. I can handle whatever this life's going to throw at me. I know what's best. I know what needs to be happened. We try as humans to control way too much. We try to hold it all together. And here's the funny part. We think we're qualified to do that. I think that I'm qualified to handle every aspect of my life, every aspect of my life. Guys, in our life, we try to control so much, so many different parts. So here's, here's some examples of some things we try to control in our life. We try to control people's perception of us. We were talking about this in our, our Wild at Heart Bible study. We were talking about this idea called the poser. And the poser is so caught up in other people's perception or what they think about them that they will do certain things, act certain ways, um, take certain opportunities, not do certain things, just to control this narrative that everybody thinks that we've got it all together. And that's what we do when we try to control people's perception of us, is because we want them, uh, we want to seem like we have it all together. We want people to think that we know what we're doing, that we're competent, we want people to think that we're strong. Another thing we try to control in our lives is we try to control circumstances, don't we? And and the way this looks in our life is let's say, you know, I, okay, let's say by the, I want to have um, a six figure, I want to be making six figures every year, right? So what I'm going to do is, okay, I know I want, I know I want that, So I'm going to control every step and get my 12-step process of how to become a millionaire or whatever. And I get my 12-step process all planned out. And here's where I really do. I'm I'm so confident in myself, I go ahead and set a timetable on that, right? If I do all these and control this and I make this step and do this step and, you know, control it all the way up, that in six months, once I complete my 12-step process, I'll be making six figures. And we've got it all figured out. But guys, why do we want to try to control circumstances is we want to control our circumstances because we want to succeed, right? Did anybody wake up this morning and think, hmm, how can I fail today? How can I, how many things can I screw up today? Can I get fired? Maybe, okay, maybe somebody had that thought when they woke up. How can I get fired? But anyway, (laughs) we want to succeed. We don't want to fail. We don't want to fail. We want to be successful. And ultimately, guys, we want comfort, Right? We want to control all the circumstances around us. We want to control the rainfall. We want to control what the cattle are going to do. We want to control where the bulls are going to go because we want things just to be comfortable. We want our life to go the way we want it to, right? But all this control starts to add up fast, doesn't it? It's funny because when I start to control, I don't, Usually in my life, I don't have just one thing I have to control. I've got to control, okay, I've got to control my job. I've got to control this relationship. I've got to control my job. And, and before we know it, we're controlling so much. And got, Exactly, thank you. It, see, and that's a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing to do. I won't tell you how early I got up this morning to make all of this happen, but let me tell you, it took some control. <laughs> thank you, Ty. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But isn't it funny, because I think, I think our life goes like this. How many of you guys have walked up to the drying machine after it's done drying the clothes, and you reach, you reach in there and grab everything, right? Because you're a man, and you're strong, and you can do it, right? And you pull it all out, and you're trying to hold everything and control it all, and you're doing the walk, right? <laughs> to the couch or the bed or whatever. And then what happens? You turn around, and guess what? There's a dang sock in the floor, right? Or a pair of sweatpants, So what do we do? Do we go onto the couch and drop the laundry? No! We waddle back. (laughs) And we try to pick up the sock, right? Because we've got it under control. And that weight just adds up over time. You just feel the pressure of all that control just weighing on you. And the crazy thing is, is a lot of times we can't really even put our finger on why we feel that pressure. We just feel it. Oh, life's just hard. Life's just difficult. Things just aren't going my way, right? I know I've said, I've said every single one of those things. What's wrong, Blake? You just, you seem burnt out. You seem tired. You seem distant. What's wrong? I don't know. I don't know. That's just, life's just difficult, right? I know I've said that. I've said that. And the truth is, it's because I'm trying to control everything. I'm just trying to control everything. So guys, let me just give you just a little bit, just a warning sign of what ends up happening when we try to control everything, because I've I've ran through all these. Because let me tell you right now, I am a control freak. I like things to go how I like them to go, and for some reason, I've got it figured out. I know how it needs to go. You end up feeling burnout from all the stress. Am I right? Anybody been there? You just feel burnout, and you don't really know why. You just you're just out of gas. We start to become defensive. See, when we try to control everything, for for some reason, we start seeing people like they're a threat to our control maybe. Well, have you ever, Blake, have you ever thought about doing this differently? Whoa, 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 You don't think I can handle this? No, I'm just maybe giving you an idea that maybe you're trying to control everything. Well, okay, so you're saying I can't do that, right? And that's a, let me, I'll show you. I'll control more, right? Guys, when we try to control everything, it just seems 10 times harder Everything is just more and more difficult because you're so focused on everything that's got to happen. And if, if you don't do this and you don't say that or this doesn't happen, then you won't get here. And it's, if, if the first time you make a slip up or a mess up in your master plan, you think there's no way to get to the end result that you want, right? And here's the sad one. Guys, when we try to control everything, we slowly start losing our trust in God and that he's with us and he wants us to succeed. I know in my life, I've, when I try to control everything, I rarely think about God in my situation, in my circumstance. I very rarely think about what, he's, what he wants for me, how he sees me, how much he loves me, that he wants me to succeed and he wants me to grow. Now, it might not be in the way I perceive or I may per se want at the time, but I start to, I don't think about God very much. I'm not thinking about where he is, where he, what he wants me to do, right? You see, when we try to control every part of our life and just hold it all together, what we're really doing is we're really telling God, hey, I've got, I got this, God. I, I can handle this. I can handle this. We're really telling him that I got this and I know what's best for my life and I know where I need to go. Yes, yes, you created the universe and you knit me together in my mother's womb like it says in scripture and you know all the desires of my heart and you hold all things together and, but uh, i i think i know best just you just sit up there in heaven i'll get all my plans i'll get my memo all typed out i'll get my budget all typed out of my life of how it's supposed to go i'll get it all typed out all ironed out and i'll just come in to the boss's office and say okay uh, boss here's the yearly budget for blake miller i just i just need your stamp of approval i just need your blessing all right don't we do that to god don't we do that? We get all our plans all ready and all ironed out of how we think it all needs to go, and we just walk to God and say, okay, here it is. Bless it. Just all I need, because here's how it's going to go. All I need is just for you just to bless it. Just, just sprinkle the magic fairy pixie dust on it, right? You see, let's look at a story of a guy who tried to control everything. And I know we've all probably heard this story, the story of um, King David when he had the affair with Bathsheba, right? We all know that story and whatnot. Well, anyway, King David ends up having an affair with this woman, and she ends up becoming pregnant. Well, now he's got a problem, because this, this woman is married to somebody else, so that, that presents a problem, right? So David instantly goes into action. He's going to figure it out. He's going to figure out how to get himself out of this situation. He takes control, Right? He takes control. He's like, okay, well, let's, let's bring her husband back because her husband's out at war at this point in time. Let's bring him back. We'll throw a big party. He'll be back. They'll do what married couples do, and they'll think that the baby's his, right? Well, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. So anyway, he keeps trying to control, and it ends up in the end that David sends this man out to the front lines of battle to be killed. That way he could marry Bathsheba and make it all okay. He tried to control everything. He tried to control everything because he was afraid that the secret was gonna get out, that somebody was gonna find out what he did. So he tried to control. He tried to cover it all up. He tried to handle it on his own. And ultimately, this was kind of the start of King David's downfall. Things didn't, things didn't go right. The secret still came out. He, he, even though he tried to control the situation to keep the truth from getting out, it, it didn't work. It didn't work. Guys, isn't that story of David, the same of our own life? We try to take control... And it may look like it works temporary, right? For a little while, it might look like you've got it all held together. Your life might look good. It might kind of be comfortable. It might seem like it's kind of working out, right? Things are just happening, things are clicking, things are working out. But eventually, something comes that changes the plans and things aren't really working out. And now we feel even more out of control, right? Now, somebody removed the bottom Jenga block and our Jenga power is starting to fall over. So what do we do as genius human beings? We try to control more, right? Control didn't work, so let's try more control, right? Throwing gasoline on the fire didn't work, so let's throw some more on there. Maybe it'll work this time. So I've given you guys kind of a downer about when we try to control our life and everything, and and you're probably thinking, well, am I supposed to control anything, or am I just supposed to sit back and say, well, whatever will be, will be. We'll just see what happens. But guys, there are certain things that we are to control in our lives, and and what does that look like? What are we supposed to control in our lives? And guys, the answer to that question is you're called to control yourself. That's really the only thing in this world that you can control is yourself, right? Because let's think about it. When you're trying to control every other situation, there's other variables, right? When I was trying to control pushing those bulls up to the pins, there was a lot of variables. There was Timmy. I had Timmy. He was a variable. He could have changed everything. The bulls could have changed everything to get things out of control. But guys, when we're dealing with ourselves, that's really the only thing that we can control, control in our life. So what is it about ourselves that we're called to control? Well guys, one thing we're called to control is we're called to control ourselves, or our actions. Now let's look at another instance of David, and this is a good instance um, of how David was, was taking control. So in 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 37, it says this, and this is right before David goes out to fight Goliath. Um, Then David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear came out to steal the lamb from the flock, I would go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from the, the mouth of the lion or the bear. If the animal turned on me, I'd catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Now that's a man way of dealing with it, right? If the sucker turned on me, I just grabbed it and beat it to death, yeah. I've done this both to lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defiled the armies of the living God Here's the thing I want you to catch here, guys. The Lord rescued me from the claw of the lion and the bear, and he will rescue me from this Philistine. Here's the interesting part about all that is even even though David in that moment had to take action, he pointed back that it was God that gave him the strength. It was God who delivered him from the mouth of the lion and the bear. All David had to do was take action in that moment. Right? David wasn't out there with the sheep. It didn't say that I was tending my father's sheep and I went out and I made the 10-foot high web wire fence and I wasn't out there micromanaging all the sheep and making sure that they were where they needed to be and doing what they needed to do. He just said, no, if a sheep or a lamb was taken, I went after it. I rescued it. Because that's what needed to be done in that moment. He wasn't trying to control everything about the sheep and the situation or the lamb and the situation. He just knew that he had to act when that moment came. And he said, and then when the lion and the bear turned on him, he clubbed it. He didn't have to plan it out or control everything. He just responded with his actions, the correct action of what was needed at that time. David acknowledged that it was God who delivered him from the danger. His success was God's doing. Guys, it's amazing when you stop and slow down in your own life and you look at the the success or the wins in your life, and it's amazing how we instantly plaster that that was our success, right? We were the ones that made that happen. And yes, that's partially true because it required your action. But ultimately, it was God that brought you to that success. And guys, if if, if you're really kind of like, I don't know what actions I need to take or how I need to be living my life or whatever, I want to challenge you guys to get in your Bible and read through the ministry of Jesus. Look at how Jesus acted. Look at Jesus' actions. Because ultimately, our life on this earth, we're called to do two things, all of our actions, if you look at every action you make in this life and, and hold it to these two things and say, it, it, does this action do this? It'll clear up so much. We're called to love God and to love people. And I guarantee you that if every action you think about doing, if you will hold it to those two questions is, does this action help me to love God? And does this action help me to love people? The answer of whether or not you need to take that action, guys, will be, will be very, very clear. Very, very clear. So another thing that we can control, guys, is we can control our thoughts. Isn't it amazing how, when we're trying to control everything, how our thoughts can just run crazy? We talked about this in the, or I talked about this in the Bible study, that in my life, when I'm trying to control situations, I'll just analyze the situation so much that I'll get what's called analysis paralysis, right? Anybody here struggle with analysis paralysis? You just think about it so much and analyze over and over and over again that before too long, you're just like, you just feel like you can't make a decision. I know I've definitely been there. I know I've definitely been there. <clears throat> so how do we control the? How do we control our thoughts? How how do we? Because in the Bible, you, have you guys heard? Take every thought captive. Have you guys ever heard that thought that you know your thoughts can either be glorifying to God or not? So how how do we take control of our thoughts here, guys? In Romans twelve two it says, "Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world," which basically that means don't be like the world is. Um, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And now that, that to me is like the epitome of, of church lingo. You know what I mean? Just be, uh, just be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, make, make your thoughts according to his purpose and will. Okay, that's, that's great. I really don't quite understand what that means. Guys, renewing of your mind, it just means let God reprogram you. Let God change the way you think. Be, start to become more and more like God and Jesus every day you know, if, if I'm wanting to become more like Ty, I'm going to spend time with Ty, right? I'm going to get around him. I'm going to spend time with him, right? Because if I'm not around him and I don't know what makes Ty tick, what gets Ty up in the morning, how in the world am I ever going to be like him? And it's the same way for us with God. We got to, if we want to be like God and be more like him, we got to spend time with him, right? What does that look like? That looks like reading your Bible. looks like spending time alone with God and praying, and that's really all that those things are. I, I know they may seem like mundane tasks in the moment, but guys, just taking that obedience is that saying, okay, God, I'm willing to take time out of my day to spend with you. And I can guarantee you that God sees that, he loves that, and he blesses that. Because I know in my own life, when I've wanted to change or whatnot, and, and I was like, well, I just, you know, I've seen this problem in my life or whatnot, what do I need to do? And, and it just keeps coming to me, are you spending time with God? And I'm like, how could that how could that help? I've got this problem over here. I've got this falling apart over here. And God just reminded me, just spend time with me. Just spend time with me. Just be more like me. And it's amazing when I was obedient and spent more time in the word, spent more time alone with God, spent more time praying with God. Not that the problems went away. It's that there was breakthrough. I could finally figure out what needed to happen. And things things began to change. So guys, the last thing that we can control is our attitude. Isn't it crazy how when we try to control everything, we get so laser focused on what's not going right, right? And I know I've been that person. How many of you guys have been around somebody that's just negative all the time? There's always something wrong. There's always something going wrong. This isn't going right. This isn't going right. And I'm telling you, I've been around that person because I've looked in the mirror most every morning. I've been around that person because it was me. It was me and still is me sometimes. But it's funny because Mitch and I were talking about that the other day and he said, I think it's so easy for us to get focused on what's going wrong It's because there's only a handful of them, right? There's a, they're easy to remember because there's only a few of them and we can get so caught up and so focused on them because they're so easy to remember. When Chances are that when you start looking at what's going right in your life and, and, and what you're to be thankful for that there's so much more than just what's going wrong, right? All we gotta do is just make that little attitude adjustment just to think, I'm not gonna be focused on what's going wrong. Yeah, yeah, this situation I'm facing might be difficult and I feel like I might be losing control here, but God, I'm going to remember what what you've done in my life, the good you've done in my life. And a lot of times when you stop and think about that, it fills me up because then I can look back on my life and say, God, you've taken me this, you've brought me this far. I look back and I see all the things he's brought me through and the ways he's delivered me and I thought, why would he stop now? Why, why Why would he leave me out to dry now? We don't serve that kind of God. He doesn't halfway do things we get so, so laser focused on what's going wrong, guys, like I said, we get burnt out, defensive, everything seems 10 times harder and so on, and then that just affects our attitude, and then that makes our attitude even worse, and it's just this downward spiral, right? We start losing control, so we get down, and our attitude gets bad, because we remember how we're losing control, and it's just this downward spiral that just goes down and down and down. So guys, the next time we're focused on what's going wrong and wrong in our life, just stop, Just stop and think about as many things as you can. Just be thankful for what God has done in your life. And it can be the little things. God, thank you that I woke up this morning. God, thank you that I get to live in in this beautiful state. Because guys, I'm going to break it to you. Colorado's beautiful. Montana's beautiful. Texas is beautiful. Kansas is Kansas. right? We have so much to be, and I can say that because Mitch isn't here. He's probably watching. I'm going to get pounded when he gets back, but I love you, Mitch, and I love Kansas. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. So guys, in conclusion, we try to hold it all together, right? We try to carry, we try to carry the laundry of life. We try to hold it all together. We try to control everything because we think we're qualified to do so, and all God says is, no, 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 you don't have to. You don't have to. Just become more like me. Follow me. Do what I've called you to do. So guys, In the end the only thing we can control is ourselves. So guys just give yourself a break and let God do the rest and let him do what he's always done. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you so so much for these words that you've you've given to me to teach me, Father, to release some of that control, to not try to hold it all together. Father, that that I don't have to hold it all together if I want to to succeed or if I want to to have a good life, whatever that means. Father, I pray that as as we go out into into our world and in into these next following weeks father i pray that you we would just draw closer to you father we become become more like you i thank you for each and every person in here father i thank you f- that they're here gathered today father to worship you and 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 to to listen to these words that you've given me father i pray a blessing on them i pray for anyone who's who's sick or hurting or in need father or who hasn't found you yet father i pray that you you put your hand of love on them and, and you're with them and you bless them Father, I just pray as we go out, I pray that we are blessed and we are a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.